when the snowman brings the snow, well, he might just like to know he's put a great big smile on somebody's face. And if you jump into your bed, quickly cover up your head. Don't you lock the doors? You know the sweet Santa Claus is on his way. Start singing and the band begins to play. Oh, I wish it could be Christmas every day. So let the bells ring out for Christmas. When we're skating in the park, and if the storm cloud paints it dark, then you roll your cheeks. My merry way, my merry way. Now the frostiness appears, and they've frozen up my beer. So we'll lie by the fire till the sleep simply melts them all away. Well, I wish it could be Christmas every day. Oh, when the kids start singing and the band begins. Hi, this is Larry Cavi, the voice of Lionel from Thundercat. Hey, this is Chris Jericho. Hi, this is Stan Bush. I'm Eric Stewart, the voice of Brock and James from Pokemon. Well, hey, kids, it's me, Townsend Coleman, and you probably know me better as the voice of Michelangelo from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You're listening to Alan Price and Chris Vip. Chris and Alan, the sexiest beast in the UK. You're listening to Alan and Chris. And you right now are with Chris and Alan. You're listening to Operation Retroshock. Operation Retroshock. Operation Retroshock. Operation Retroshock. Operation Retroshock. Thunder. 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 Thundercat. Cowabunga! Dudes. Why don't you give your love? Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the 100th item to be uploaded to the Operation Retroshock feed uh, on Podbean and iTunes. It is episode 54 of the show and it is our Christmas special. It is time for the Christmas special 2012. I am one of your co-hosts, Alan Price, and alongside me, as always, is... Hello, I'm Chris Vint. I was going to shout it's Christmas like I have every year, but I thought, no, I'll give him a break this year and not do that. <laughs> Save so, the throat. Yeah, so I decided, no, I don't, I'll not do that. So I won't. So I decided not to. Yay, I'm so happy. Yeah, so obviously <laughs> this is our Christmas special, but more importantly, this is the Mike Lacey special. So this is the time Merry of year. Merry Mike-mas, yes. Yeah, this is the time of year whenever Mike goes way overboard and sends us stuff. Oh, I'm actually going to get the ones that say so, now. So while Chris gets those items, I'll explain to you what is going to be on the show today. Um, yes, we are going to open some stuff from Mike here, so some presents from him. 
Um, do we have to open everything on the show today, or is it just these open? No, we, What were the instructions from Mike? No, we always open everything. Okay, that's fine. We no, always open a, everything. Um, so with any special instructions from his Mike? No, because sure, wasn't last was it last year? You got the Skeletor set, the Skeletor jersey. Oh yeah, there was the Skeletor jersey yeah. and all. Yes. So we'll, no, we'll open everything because okay. then we hear, then Mike can hear our reaction, <laughs> and Mike always likes that. So but, we're, um, we're I'll, let, I'll let every, I'll let everybody know here while we are opening these what is happening on the show. Um, as it is our Christmas special, we haven't went like we have uh, sort of in previous years and went for sort of a mixed bag of things in regards to Christmas That's specials. Probably because with me being unpositively nerdy and doing the top five Christmas films and top five. Um, kind of t- TV. don't want to cover the same ground. Really. Yeah, it's kind of a case of you know, like head over to that to listen to that, and we thought mm. we'd go for one thing. Yeah. So um, it has been a while since we've had Doctor Who on the show. So if you're a Doctor Who fan, it is your extremely lucky day. Consider this our Christmas present to you. Um, it is uh, our Doctor Who special for Christmas. Considering it is the Christmas specials we are going to talk about, so that includes. The Christmas Invasion, David Tennant's first full and proper episode, uh, The Runaway Bride, The Voyage of the Damned, The Next Doctor, A Christmas Carol, and The Doctor, The Widow, and The Wardrobe. No, we're not talking about that. But enough of that uh, for later. Um, It'll be fun. So, uh, do you want to go ahead first, Chris, and open up your first presents? Presents? Yeah, present. Oh! It's a Christmas tree ornament. (laughs) <laughs> it's a lion Oh. Ooh, that looks nasty. I'll start opening mine. That's cool. Let me see what I've got. Just need a bit of string for him. It's pretty string. cool. You <laughs> can just tell what oh, it is God from about. reading on the back. Brilliant. <laughs> They're pretty sweet. It's a Back to the Future DeLorean Christmas ornament. Oh my goodness, that is hilarious. And yes, Mike, thank you. Uh, Dad loves his John Lennon figure, so you've chosen very well there. See, it's all research whenever he's listening to this. Of course he is. And you know he plays us off in emails as well. Yeah. Then what would he like? Flip me, that's actually a ton weight for going on the Christmas tree. That is. (laughs) My tree's going to bend over with that on it. I'm going to open my card. That's awesome. Do the wheels turn the tree? Look, the wheels turn as well. Merry (laughs) Christmas, sucker! Fool. It just says happy holidays, Mike Lacey. I was expecting like a big essay in there because I wrote a big essay for Mike. No, it's yes, reserved for me. Mike, Mike loves me more, do you not realise that? Oh, yeah. Let me open my card. You see, it's going to be an extreme letdown and then I just get that as well. <laughs> I big myself up and then it's the same. Let's see what I get now. Maybe I get one with Doc Brown on it or something. Let's have a look. Oh, <laughs> Silent Night, very Night good. Mike Lacey. He doesn't love us. Right? No, no love us. Why are you going to go us? for the big one? Oh, may as well go for the big one. Whoa, that's a tad big, isn't it? <laughs> so, to Alan from a man. I have to get myself one. You know, you may as well get yours as well. We need to start opening these sort of at the same time. It feels like a book. A book. Right, okay. Oh, it's just like Christmas Day in here. I must say, Mike, this is rather intriguing. Let me get all the paper off. Ooh, what is this? Chris got Doctor Who comics. Ooh, schnazzy. Well, that's cool. They're all Marvel ones. Oh, and they're all in order, too. 
Well, that's pretty fitting. So that's why he went to the doctor. Are you special? Sounds pretty good. <laughs> Damn you, mate. That's pretty what do you good. like? Right, time to open my. Not the wrong shop. I'm just a tourist. How do I open this? Open. The doctor's on the run again, this time in ancient China. Oh, there's something in there. What is this? <laughs> oh, I remember him talking to me about this. Damn you, Mike, you've tricked me again. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. I'm so confused. <laughs> See, Mikey doesn't realise what this is yet. What is the animal on the front? It's a duck. It is a duck. Yeah. What ice hockey team do I sport in America? Oh, that's just, I know it's, it's the one from the Mighty Ducks movie. It's the Mighty Ducks jersey. Oh, so that's why it looks familiar then. Yay, Goldberg. Because <laughs> I remember us talking about it and... You trickster. <laughs> we ended up talking back and forth. I can go back to the tweets and he was like, Yeah, and who's your favourite Mighty Duck? And I was like, Goldberg, followed by, you know, Coach Bouget and all that sort of stuff. And he's like, Oh, I like Bouget. And I was like, Damn you, Mike, why you trick me? Thank you very much, sir. That is awesome. <laughs> I'll be wearing that to a game sometime. Right, so go for that one then. Once you've stuck that in. Yeah, I'll fold this up. Ah, two. You only have one left. Ha! <laughs> He has to. He has to one up me, doesn't he? Right. Okay. Really? So then you have to you do your one there first. For the WWE, oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> yes, Mike. If I was standing beside you right now, I would so high five you. <laughs> I love the note as well. The note is brilliant. At least we know what to get signed at WrestleMania. We should open that last. <laughs> we should have. For everybody that's wondering what Chris has just opened, as, you will, sock. as you will know uh, if you have listened to WrestleShock and RetroShock and the Northern Island Wrestling Connection uh, YouTube shows, Christopher here uh, isn't the biggest fan of a certain uh, Mick Foley um, from Long Island, New York. Um, Mike has got Chris a Mr. Socko. Uh, Full, completely, everything, the face and all is on it. And there's a nice wee sticker saying on it for the WrestleMania 29 Hall of Fame ceremony. I'm going to have to text the the Hillster and Haley after this, because that's quite it's funny. Disgusting. disgusting. Very well done, Mike. Very well done. Okay? Yeah. When you go with yours. I'll go with mine now. This feels like a book as well. Oh... Open it. Open it. You can't be serious. <laughs> yeah, because I actually, oh I actually God. saw the tweet of that, and I said to Mike because. Oh, did he do a tweet saying thank you, and then? No, 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 no. Um, he was. Piper had said that he had got so many books left in his garage and he mm-hmm. was doing like a seal where you can get them personalised and you can get them sent to America. Mm-hmm. So I asked Mike if he could do that. So Mike, mm-hmm. Mike being Mike went, sure, fine, no worries, and got you and me one. So <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much, Mike. Um, as everybody will kind of realise, I didn't exactly say what it was, but Chris has kind of dropped the hint. It is uh, the Roddy Roddy Piper's... Uh, book um, in the pit with Piper and it is personally signed by the rowdy one that is awesome Mike thank you very very much my last one I know what this is I know what this is oh it's the wee minions (laughs) cool 
Right, Doctor V Center. I've been wanting to get this for a while, I think. Ooh, ooh. Get the bubble wrap open. <laughs> cool. It's bigger on the inside. It is. There's the papers, what it is. Uh, basically, it's the 11 Doctors figure set. So, at like the front, it looks like the TARDIS whenever you open it up. It actually has all the 11 incarnations of the Doctor and what years they portrayed them and things like that. Those are actually really, really, really good quality and accurate looking figures. Like, look at Matt Smith and Tennant and all as well. Yeah, Tennant's looks class with the glasses because the thinking glasses. They've, actually portrayed, they've actually pictured there the attire that they actually have in there as well. Like what they're at, wearing, yeah. Yeah, if you look at him, he's got a cravat and stuff. And then he comes with his recorder, which is pretty sweet. <laughs> That's cool. So, as always, Mike, thank you very much indeed. And I can understand why I said whenever I do the Doctor Who special, he went, yeah, that's fine. You should go ahead and do that. See, he's a big trickster. Do you not realise this? He is. What's the scene of Tannen came with a screwdriver? Oh, I'm sure there'll be something. There's Bakers and Davisons. I'm sure there'll be something in there, dude. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you very much, sir. They are epic and also Mike sent us the um, classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures which we paid him for and then uh, today I got myself Michelangelo and got Alan Michelangelo so it's complete set now yeah yeah it is indeed you party so yes thank you very much again Mike where's everybody else's presents for us what more more I don't have any more no. What's everybody else's presents? More presents? I'm still waiting for yours to be them in I know everybody, he still has not got my present. I was like, oh, do you want to do our presents on the show tonight again? I have yours here, they're ready to go. No, you still haven't arrived yet. Alright, oh, okay then. Fine. I've paid for yours ages ago, it's just I'm waiting for them to <laughs> arrive. So oh, it's difficult. I can't be held accountable. Could be in the po- they could have been in the post office today whenever I went down. They said, oh, we don't know where they are. I know, they've lost the packages. It's better not have, otherwise I'll be super annoyed. I was going to say a bad word. Yes. <laughs> so was. I sure you've said a bad word already on the show. Well, I said bitch. Bitch isn't that bad. Bitch. I had a bad itch. He's a bad itch. Right. Will we get on with the? We will. Actual we'll show. Put this on Twitter and say. Oh dear, it's unbelievable. You have to put uh, Chris Hill and Healy in it. It's only fairs. Mike, I have to give you props for that. That is quite hilarious that you did that. <laughs> have a nice day. Mr. Thacko. Uh-huh. I don't want to edit the photo, thanks. <laughs> he wants to edit it out of existence, is what? <laughs> so yes, I'll try and get us a wee bit back on track and remind you of what exactly we are doing today. Um, it is a Doctor Who special, um, episode 54, a hundredth item on our uh, upload list, our actual stream on iTunes. We will be doing all the Christmas specials from the modern version of uh, Doctor Who. I don't think we'd have a lot of time to do them every single one in history. And that might turn into another one of those sort of ones as to what it was for when we previously did a big run of Doctor Who episodes, which ended up at over 10 hours total, three episodes. <laughs> um, but it was fun, though. We were knackered after it, though. So um, I remember starting it early in the day and then it taking ages, and then we were done, and it was like 
ready to go to sleep effectively. Um, but yes, it's Christmas Invasion, which is David Tennant's first episode, The Runaway Bride, uh, Voyage of the Damned, The Next Doctor, A Christmas Carol, which is Matt Smith's first Christmas special, and then last year's The Doctor. Docto, the doctor, the widow, and the wardrobe. Docto. Docto. Docto Ho. Docto Ho. Docto Ho. That's the Chinese version of it. (laughs) Would have to be something like that, wouldn't it? Oh dear. Right, so we'll get this party started. We will. Aye. Okay, so the Christmas invasion, which was the 25th of December, funnily enough, of the year 2005. So seven years ago. God. It's kind of scary to think that, isn't it? Honestly, I wasn't. Re- I didn't start watching Doctor Who until Tenant like, arrived. Until in the middle of Tenant's um, era, so was her big hoopla because you know, like because Eccleston left and he was coming on board as the Doctor. Because obviously, once he left, mm-hmm. you know, like and then uh, there was like a program dedicated to who the Doctor was going to be. And yeah, it was like, it's Matt Smith, and everyone's like going, "Who?" Yeah, well, when I remember when this was happening, because. Again, I got straight back into Doctor Who when it started in 2005 because I was just like, oh, there's this Doctor Who show. I heard it was popular, you know, years ago. So oh, I'll give it a, I'll give it a watch and really enjoyed it. Thought Chris Raggleson did a really good job as the Doctor. And yes, I kind of had a bit of an attachment to Eccleston because technically he was my first Doctor. He was the first Doctor I watched on the show. So I was kind of sad that oh right you're going after one series sort of thing and I I didn't really know the whole regeneration thing at this point so the, when the regeneration happened it was a nice cool shock for me um, which then leads nicely kind of into the Christmas special and new teeth <laughs> new teeth yes um, and there was kind of a wee mini episode for Children in Need a Charity event um, so from you know people who have watched the Doctor Who episodes they're, you know, you'll have seen Chris Ferguson regenerate into David Tennant uh, and then kind of the episode ends and then there's like a wee five minute jobby that they did for children in need uh, but that was when, yeah but that was before the actual Christmas special yeah yeah that was before the Voyage of the Damned because mm-hmm. that's when he presses the oh I bet they, did, they actually did one with Rose Tyler and all as well with them too have you oh, never seen it? that one no, no it's, nothing, it's nothing substantial but it was just a wee kind of thing because it shows you him collapsing oh, which right. kind of leads into this episode um, but the big thing um uh, is that this is a new doctor and it's kind of oh he's getting filmed <laughs> hello it is indeed yeah yeah oh right okay that's okay I'll call down tomorrow morning to pick up those packages then okay thank you very much for the phone call you're alright thanks bye bye you crazy fool it's a post office then we found your packages so the big thing was about this is that um, I don't think it's, it's ever sort of happened in Doctor Who. It's always kind of either being, you know, at the end of a series going into a new series or at the start of a new series that there's been a Doctor. There hasn't, I don't remember this ever happening from what I've checked with previous, with the old Who, that a new Doctor's came in on a Christmas special. It's kind of, it's a weird time for it to happen because, right, this is meant to be the episode that you're setting up the Doctor, you're introducing him to everybody. But after this, there's going to be another few months break until the series comes back. Mm-hmm. So they really had to hit it out the ballpark here with Tennant in regards to this episode. And it's not a case of te- oh, excuse me. It's not a case of Tennant did much in this episode because the majority of this is based Sleeping. around Rose, Mickey, and Rose's mum, mm-hmm. and he's like regenerating. regenerating. Sort of. He's having but a then, regeneration hangover, basically. Yeah, but then 
it obviously seems affect different doctors because we don't see that whenever Tennant regenerates into Smith. Yeah, Smith's know? still going about, but he seems to have some sort of a bit of the way Smith's affected is he seems to have more amnesia. You see that more with um, whenever Triton left. Whenever uh, it was partway, partway then lands in the TARDIS and he opens the door and then he just collapses and mm-hmm. then he ends up in the hospital. It must just depend, considering, you know, it's a bit weird when you think about it, right? And then they put, what was it, Davison the did? You could almost kind of understand as well that Tenant's doctor would be a bit worse for wear considering what he just pretty much absorbed the like time vortex energy from the TARDIS that was in rows and stuff. But, um, yeah, it was a new guy, so it was kind of straight out the gates we've had one series of Doctor Who oh here's a new guy again it was one of those ones you'd heard very little of him now he'd done a show in the UK here called Casanova funnily enough with Russell T Davies so that kind of explains why he got brought into Doctor Who because Davies was now in charge of Doctor Who Um, but as Chris said he spends most of this episode kind of having a nap but this episode actually contains still one of my favourite scenes in modern Doctor Who, and it's when the TARDIS arrives back yeah, in the, in the estate. The wall in the stuff. estate, and it's basically, you know, you see Mickey, he's in the garage, and he hears the sort of the noise going yeah, off the TARDIS, but, and he's like, oh, oh. But, but there's one thing you may not have noticed. What? Slade's playing in the background? No, no, no. <laughs> Where the TARDIS lands mm-hmm. is the last time we see the Doctor talk to Rose. Oh, so where, that, where yeah. the first that wall where that lands, and then where that wall is, and then whenever he's like, whenever he's re- about to Spoiler regenerate, alert. <laughs> whenever he's about to regenerate, and he says, "Rose, what year is it? You're gonna have a great year." Mm-hmm. And then she goes in, and then he has to stumble towards the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. That's the exact same spot. Makes sense, doesn't so it? So I thought it's just whenever I watch the end of time, and then I was watching the, like, hey. the, the other day. Yeah, just like oh, that that's that's well played mm-hmm. you know like that's that is very clever writing and that's one thing that Russell T. A knife, it's a knife for detail yeah um, but I really liked it because you know you just see Mickey's there he runs out and he happens to find Jackie as well and they're running about saying oh I hear it and blah 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 um, and then the camera kind of just panned up to sort of looking slightly skyward and it's just the way you see it literally come through the yeah, vortex poor royal male come, van comes, comes, comes out of the vortex yeah just boom like that and then it's spinning in the air and smashes off the side of the building and all that and it's just like <gasps> it's just like that is awesome see I'm a sucker in New Who for kind of the cool TARDIS scenes so you would have liked that in Runaway Bride with the car then yes we can discuss that so That's we can might have. Um, I'm, I am a sucker for be it in sort of when the TARDIS is put into sort of a real life situation and that it's you know flying through the sky and earth or be it sort of you know, at the end of the first series where it's going towards, like, the Dalek torpedoes and all that sort of stuff, and there's the explosion, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff I love with it. But, um, yeah, the Doctor arrives back, and he's like, you know, Jackie and all are running up to the TARDIS, and he goes, Merry Christmas, and collapses. Yeah, he goes like, Mickey, Jackie, I've got something really important to say to you, but I can't remember what it was. What was it? Oh, yes, Merry Christmas, and then fence. Is it me, or did he suit the leather jacket a wee bit? But it was the hair... Mm-hmm. The hair was the hair is different. Like, and obviously, in the end of time, whenever Wilfred says they're trying to find the doctor, and goes like, he's got modern hair, it's all sticky. Up yeah, in, you know, it's kind of quite funny when you look back all the Tenant episodes, how the ch- hair has not dramatically changed, 
but just slightly but over you, time evolved. But then you look at Baker whenever he regenerated from uh, Pertwee and he was wearing the cravat and stuff mm-hmm. that suited him and then he went with a freaking yeah. long scarf and all. But it's the common thing is to get their own outfit so you knew it was never going to be the same but we're not going to complain Tennant's outfit was pretty cool over his I've always, always, always wanted the coat. No, <laughs> I want the suit. I want the pinstripe mm-hmm. blue suit with the purple with the shoes the <laughs> Converse shoes <laughs> the Converse shoes it's just a shame that it's quite expensive for the whole set isn't it yeah, like, it's because the they know it's the Doctor Who outfit yeah. so all Doctor Who fans are going to pay a small fortune yeah. for it <clears throat> anyhow um, he calves it and uh, he is kind of in bed for quite a bit of this first sort of Mainly first half, maybe a bit What's more. What's the fruit that he has in the pajamas? Is it like an orange or a lemon? It's like a tangerine. Is it's it something like that? Isn't it? Yeah, tangerine um, or mandarin or something. Yeah, it's effectively an orange. Everybody, it's oh, a, a, it's a round fruit. Um, <laughs> what have you done? You've dropped stuff. But uh, where am I? My flipping page just went a little bit funny there. But yes. He's having a wee sleep, and uh, if you've watched the first series, you'll know of um, a certain individual called Harriet Jones. What was it? Deputy Prime Minister. She was MP for Clydesdale North, I think. Something like that. I think that's right. Um, And and then it was on going, Harriet Jones, yes, we know. We know who you are. Um, She's now the Prime Minister of the country. And then Um, she plays a big part in the Stolen Earth. Um, yes, as well. With, uh, it's a very good episode, Dad. Yeah. Very, very good episode. <laughs> Spoiler alert if you haven't seen that one, but it is it is just the scene with the Daleks that are awesome in that episode. Well, where, where they, they do the, we, we, know. Know who you, <laughs> we know who you are. It's like, you know nothing of any human. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you lack emotion. But... Um, what this episode played into was around this sort of time period, the UK had tried to beat America in sending a, um, you know, like probe and sort of wee ATV device to Mars to, you know, look for samples and to do basically what the Americans did there last year and land the thing on it that's still going around picking up samples on Mars. But the thing was, the, uh, I think it was Guinevere, one it was called, it landed on Mars and nothing happened it was as dead as a dodo it was <coughs> a pretty big failure for the UK when it comes to space and uh, it's played into this in the fact that there is a ship that it gets smashed into basically and it's from it's a race called the Sycorax and they have like weird skull faces and all they that they remind sort of me stuff. of um, <coughs> in Revenge of the Sith whenever Obi-Wan um, lands on a planet and uh, he says like we, I need you to help in the war and he goes like there's no war here unless you brought it with you the one that had the, like, the weird teeth mm-hmm. that remind me of uh, those dudes Sigarath or whatever they're called Sigarax <laughs> Sigarax sorry jeez but um, basically they're wanting the surrender of humanity um, not asking for much like are they not really, really no um but uh, you know things go down that is the one with the killer trees that's the one that the trees spin around I told you before yeah, we started recording but um, and you saw it was I think it was a early version of the robot Santas mm-hmm. um, so you did they were slightly different than the next Christmas special that we see them in um, but yeah 
basically the Sycorax want uh, humanity to you know, give themselves up basically so Tennant uh, finally wakes up from his little sleep uh, after Rose has been doing various things and all as well with um, Harriet Jones and the others to try and basically try and get him to wake up and then uh, he does wake up as Chris says there's the sort of orange or tangerine or mandarin or whatever it is um, not the bad guy from the Iron Man comics by the way uh, <laughs> he's not in this episode um, but what happens is they get like teleported up to the Sycorax ship and it's al- it is, speaking of Iron Man it's almost like the weapon that the like Sycorax leader has because isn't it like a whip thing he puts around the guy and it like kills him basically it like yeah. zaps him and he turns into like a skeleton and kaputs it on the yeah. ground Um but then Harriet Jones talks <coughs> and stuff. But then Tennant's doctor. Oh, they, they look awesome. Um, Tennant challenges the Sycorax leader to a fight. Basically. Uh, fight. A fight. Um, and they end up going up to the top of the ship and having a sword fight. How, where did the swords come from? I'm trying to remember. Did the Sycorax leader just happen to have swords? He had one and then I was at Rose at 3 1 to the doctor. I know she threw it at him. I but think no. Was it not a ca- was it not a case of it was a duel and he ever lost would like if rule the, the planet basically yeah that yeah. kind of thing and then that's when. But it's just like you would have thought for an alien race that would would have had something a wee bit more in swords, but meh. <laughs> but uh, this is where we see this sort of wee sneaky regeneration thing. Over the that in the first sort of I think it's like was it like twelve to twenty four hours or something after yeah, regeneration. Yeah. Um, if you get something chopped off, it'll grow back, basically. Yeah. Because um, Tennant gets his arm chopped off and the sword goes bye-bye. Um, uh, and then this is where you see the Doctor off, <coughs> you know, offers him to surrender mm-hmm. after his hand growing back and says, you know, I'll give you one last chance, surrender. And it looks like he is going to, and then he basically goes to whack the Doctor in the back, basically. Yeah, he goes to him in the back and Rose shouts and then he gets the... The orange tangerine or whatever, and throws it and goes like, no, "Yeah, no second chances." I'm that kind of a, I'm that kind of a guy because he's trying to establish who, what his yeah. personality is. Because at this stage, he's still very, not very Eccleston like, but he still has this sort of very, you know, a bit of anger still. Very on him. McCoy, I would say. Mm, he was still well. very angry because of the time war. That was the reason why Eccleston's doctor was so angry you're only starting to see him lighten up towards the end of his series with uh, Rose so this is kind of where we start to see the Doctor sort of take a transformation into sort of you'd say a slightly more bubbly character for a while anyway oh, totally, yeah. because he's going around with Rose and uh, so that's basically the you know the Earth is saved but kind of the more defining point for me in this episode um, and it's again it's Russell T Davis plotting things ahead yeah, that you never even thought about after watching this episode basically after all is um, well and done and stuff um, you know the cigarettes are getting ready to leave the tired part Mm, oh I know that's where I'm going don't you worry (laughs) don't you worry about it um, Sycorax are getting ready to leave and the doctor's there Rose is there Harriet's there like her like an assistant or something's with her as well and um she orders for Torchwood, who are the spin-off series, and uh, you know do the investigation of um, all things kind of spacey and alieny for Great Britain. Very, very and at much. This, and at this point again, 
I was just going to we say we didn't know about Torchwood because no, I was just it's set it's, up in it's a like a very episode. much like the British version of the X-Files in some respects yeah a wee bit and at this stage you're like oh Torchwood it must just be some sort of thing because we don't find out about that until isn't it the second episode is of Tenants one of the series because the first it's one's mainly the um, the Tooth and Claw one yeah it's the, the one second episode of like oh, one is not immune yeah it's the one. second episode of the actual proper series after this Christmas special yeah um, that you find out why there is such a thing as Torchwood, but um, you hear her go over the phone, uh, Mr. Saxon, and you're like, no, nope, means nothing to me, it's obviously just some person she's speaking to. And you're like, okay, fine. And laser gets shot, she blows up the ship. Needless to say, Angry Tenant is very angry. <laughs> angry Tenant is very angry. Yeah, it's like a, a that's great a, sentence. I was saying it in memtastic fashion. That's the way they do it. But he was extremely angry that, you know, they were leaving, you know, they were running away, you shouldn't have fired on them, stuff like that. And she, her kind of opinion was, well, I can't risk people thinking Earth's weak and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so this is where Tennant pulls out <coughs> six certain words. Um he said, you know, he explains, you know, I can bring you down, basically. He has six words and goes over to her assistant and whispers in his ear, don't you think she looks tired? To which the assistant kind of turns around and looks at her. And he's like, hmm. And we basically find out that that causes her downfall as Prime Minister. Um, because, again, if you watch from the other episodes, it was meant to be kind of the golden era of modern Britain, was the Harriet Jones years. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a case of he not only effectively put her in number 10 Downing Street, he took her out of 10 Downing Street as well. Yeah, because this is obviously a sec... Because we see her in that one to do with the... What are those ones called? The ones that are... They're like... It's like a zip, the one in Eccleson's thing. That's the first time we see mm-hmm. Harriet Jones. What are they called? The Slovene. There, that's it. And Rexacor Falpatorius. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, maybe. So that's obviously <laughs> the first time we see her, and that's whenever she becomes Prime Minister. Mm-hmm. And Jackie's better off, better off 28 pounds a week. I know, exactly. Um, but this episode kind of rounds out with you see Harriet Jones on TV, she's fending off the press that are saying, you know, asking her about, you know, does she have ill health and is there a pending vote of no confidence? So, um, same sort of thing as in America where. Or they Star Wars. They can basically go. We don't have any, you know, we do not feel confident in you at all anymore as a leader. We want you out. They'll have a vote, basically, about it. Um, and then, basically, the Doctor and Rose get ready to travel off across space and time. Yep. And it's per Mickey's, Mickey's left alone all again. I know, per Mickey. Like, he gets he gets a raw deal at the beginning, but it all goes well for him at the end. Like, so he does... Considering he gets, oh, my, yes, he, gets, he, gets right. he gets my missus. I always thought there was going to be something happened between him and Jackie. I don't know I why. Think I think it is just the fact that they were just very friendly because they were both dealing with the fact that Rose wasn't there. Yeah, it just it's just a case that they were dealing with the fact that you know he missed Rose and the fact that she had been his girlfriend and Jackie was missing because it simply it was her daughter. But um, that's the first one. That's Christmas Invasion. Where do you kind of? rate this in terms of quality of a Doctor Who episode I rate it good but I don't rate it fantastic because you would just obviously have, you would just wished for a bit more tenant yeah sort yeah. of thing it's you know it's your new Doctor you kind of want to get to know them and he was asleep for a good 20 I think to half 20 I minutes think to Matt half Smith's an hour I think 
debut as the Doctor is a lot better than this. Yeah, well, it's Matt Smith's like debut episode is one of the biggest approved episodes of Doctor Who. Um, I think it is a case of it's kind of there are two completely different regenerations considering Tennant's one he calves it and he goes out for twenty minutes to half an hour of the episode, whereas Matt Smith comes in and he's awake but he has amnesia sort of thing, he doesn't know who he is so it's a different kettle of fish but it is still a pretty uh, good episode in my opinion once it kind of gets going Um, but um, it kind of gave us a glimpse of what Tennant could possibly be it's obviously the part at the end wherever you see him picking out the outfit you know like you see him in all the wardrobe and stuff and doesn't he try on a scarf and then he goes no and puts it away yeah yeah and then he puts on you know like the because you see the outfits the clubber we're used to and then he looks in the mirror and just goes yes there's a proper there's actually a proper clothes room now sort of thing there's a wardrobe Um, because you hear that as well in like the Eccleston episodes earlier on about getting Rose to go and put appropriate time clothes on and things like that but um a lot kind of happens in the next um, year in Doctor Who, especially for David Tennant's Doctor. Um, specifically, he loses Rose. Uh, not loses as an actually effectively lost her, but um, she gets taken by her alter father, so to say, her alter universe, alternate universe father. Parallel universe. Alternative universe in fiction, it's called. Well, I would say parallel universe. But uh, he takes her into um, his world, and basically that means she's gone. She can't come back. Well, at this stage, she couldn't come back. Um, And over that series, you see Tennant's Doctor change very much into the sort of bubbly um, Doctor that we experienced from David Tennant. He was very... Not flamboyant, but he was very kind of bouncy and stuff like that. The whole, it's he enjoyed the whole run thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was definitely the most active uh, doctor whenever it came to pursuing things or running away from things. And very smiley and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, it would take a. Um, he was very relaxed. It would take a, a very a lot to actually get him perplexed. But when he did get angry what? and all as well. What? Like perplexed and then angry as well. If you got him angry, he still could be rather vicious to you, so to say. Um, <clears throat> but when we hit this next Christmas special, Rose is gone. Um, it looked like at, in Bad Wolf Bay that he was going to say the words, I love you, to Rose. Um, but uh, wasn't it a black hole? He was like burning up a sun just to say goodbye. Yep. Um, that cuts out him and we don't hear the final word you know it was Rose Tyler I and it cuts off so but then that also plays in that Stone Earth episode exactly um, so we see him he's standing in the TARDIS he's a very very sad man and then poof there is a girl in a wedding dress sitting in front what and it's just like what and he does the immortal what what and she's like what is this place and it's Catherine Tate who was um, a very popular comedic actress at the time she hadn't really been seen in sort of serious roles or anything like that not that Doctor Who is 100% serious you know there is the comedy in there but this is the first sort of step she'd taken in to do something that wasn't 100% comedy based and 
she goes on to having an actual full-blown stint as a companion of the Doctor down the line in not the coming series but the following series um, and became Chris's favourite effectively, isn't that right? Yes. I Not that I didn't like her in this but a lot of people were just like oh, I don't really like her. And then, you know, like whenever I think I think it was that she very much collided with the Doctor. Well, that's what of. I liked. I liked the, yeah. the way, the fact that they bounced off each other. Yeah, I just don't think some people liked it. Um, it wasn't an episode that really, you know, grabbed me. It was still a decent episode, but again, I was kind of with those people. I just wasn't 100% sure with her when I saw her, you know. And even though after this there still was rumours of the fact that, oh, she could potentially be a future companion um, as such. But basically we find out she's kind of, what was it, something, it was the signal latched onto the TARDIS which transported her into the TARDIS from her wedding? No, no, it was, no, it was to do with the, it was something to do with the TARDIS but it was to do with the cups of tea that her uh, it was the, husband, it was the stuff that was in her, yeah. like the mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Like and the wedding band was like a transmitter or yeah. something, which basically, <laughs> which basically got her uh, zapped up to the TARDIS. Um, what is there sort of? What sort of stuff did you enjoy with this episode, Chris? Anyway, um, was it the banter back well, and forth between well, the two, of them, or that. was it the actual story built up between? That we slowly find out the story between her and her fiance. Well, they're kind of that, but there's also the fact that we see her mum in this, and then her dad. But then the guy who played her dad sadly passed away, and that's whenever Cribbins then came yes. into as her. Who we shall talk about in our next one as her grandfather. Um, but it is basically the you know, I got a part where for the TARDIS is. She's in a cab and by, um, kidnapped by robots. Yeah, and uh, they were hilarious. The TARDIS <laughs> goes after, her and there's kids in the back seat of a car, you know. And he's saying, "Jump, you know, I I can't jump, and you know, just jump, I've got you." Mm-hmm. And uh, isn't it that one that he says? No, it's the other one. No, it's, I'm thinking of another line that she says. Oh, yeah, I the see. picture for the episode is that. Um, and then obviously we see the big. Uh, spider lady and her voice is just like hilarious uh-huh. but I think the thing with that you know as I said I'm a sucker for the big TARDIS scenes um, not only was it awesome seeing the TARDIS effectively flying along the likes of a motorway in the UK or a highway uh, for our American friends um, chasing after this taxi and having to adjust it to go up and over cars but in controlling it basically with like a piece of string yeah. to pull the controls and all that I thought that was fantastic effectively probably blowing a huge part of their budget on this I would have thought well a bit of string no <laughs> the CGI scenes with well, the same, well, how expensive do you think that string is but um, the baseline for this episode is the fact that um, Donna is a temp. She goes in, she does temporary work in offices and stuff, and she prides herself on her words per minute, as yeah. we find out eventually, her words per minute. Um, is what she can type. But we kind of see a bit of the backstory gets built up as how she gets into the relationship with her fiancé and things like that. And then we find out eventually that it's kind of been a ploy all along. Mm-hmm. And there's the... Um, what is the name of the spider lady? I'll have it here. The Rachnos. Oh, okay. Um, and she's wanting 
basically feed her kids that are like in the Earth's core or something. Yeah, because they were there whenever the Earth was made. Uh, when there was the Big Bang and then all the yep. matter came and fused together. And he was helping her and stuff like that. And needless to say, it kind of backfires and... Um, the doctor releases, I think it's like the gates of kind of, it's basically the floodgates in London. There's yeah, like but the emergency evacuation. But it's that, the and then whenever he has like the the balls from the the Christmas tree, because he has them, and then it's Donna who reins him in because he's re- really ready to go to town, and she because he was him. angry after Rose's left. Yeah, and she reins him in, um, which again we see in a future episode with Donna. Yeah, exactly. An alternative future that what would have happened if she had not been there? The turn left. Yes. Yeah. Basically, they say if she had not been there, the doctor would have stayed and basically caused himself to get killed. Yeah. Uh, caused his own death and uh, basically mess everything up for everyone. Um, but it is the one of the interesting things for this episode for me is the behind the scenes stuff, especially with how they created the likes of Arachnos. That looked like the biggest pain. To get made up and then put into it always looked like me, it always looked like um, a CGI version of the Scorpion King, <laughs> but it was actually a hundred percent real. So it was the body was completely real. It actually, looked a lot better because um, the Scorpion King was just a big spider with a rock's face. Oh, the, that CGI for that was terrible. Um, but it was like a actual kind of like robotic body, and then she kind of just slid into it at the top at her mm-hmm. waist, sort of thing. So that was kind of cool, but. Um, it is an interesting episode, um, and of course she's kind of a wee bit melancholy after it all because she's like, "All oh, right, she thought you know she thought she was it's genuinely part, loved." It's and that, all that part sort of whenever she they're obviously trying to phone and go like, "Does anyone have a battery?" And they go to the um, the after party, mm-hmm. and the doctor and Donna walk in, and then Donna said, "Like you did all this without me," and her mum starts having to go, and she hugs her dad. And then she, she's crying, and she kind of turns around to the doctor, and the doctor just winks. Mm-hmm. And then you see him going through somebody's phone, and he uses a sonic screwdriver, and then does not flat shot with Torchwood again. Yeah, but there's also another hint at Saxon in this one, because remember the... That's the... Ragnar, that's, she goes up into like her star tank. spaceship, the tank, tank yeah. on Mr. Saxon's orders. Yeah. So that's, again, another hint at Saxon, and we're like... It's the, same, I don't know. it's the same in Martha's debut whenever she goes yep. to the TARDIS the posters in the, the back promotion posters for Prime Minister both Saxon. Saxon exactly this was kind of the build up now to the big sort of Saxon arc in regards to this <laughs> four times um, but you know he returns Donna home he does ask her to join him doesn't he but yeah. she says no yeah, and then he, and then he pretends to go, and she just goes, "Doctor, doctor," and he comes back. Oh, what God? You got a gob on you? <laughs> and go like, "Will I see you again?" and all that kind of thing. But she says to find someone that'll keep him calm. Yeah, because he then, needs it basically. And then what's their first episode? Uh, it's the fires Pompeii. No, it's not. It? No, it's not. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. It's the. The we adipose guys, yes. Yeah, I'm just. I was trying to think of what it's called because that's whenever they keep missing each other by like milliseconds. Oh, I'll pull it up here. I've got it, I've got it behind me. If I can be bothered going and getting it, give me a second. I'll pull it up here. I have it here. Tenth Doctor. Or if you got it there already. Yeah. Got it already. Cool. Fair enough. What it's called? Oh, it's not that. 
<laughs> partners in crime. Ah, yes, partners in crime because they're both investigating. Yes, that yeah. that makes sense. Um, but uh, that I think that was one of the coolest episodes of Doctor Who, just simply for that kind of first sort of fifteen minutes with yeah. those guys. Um, mm-hmm. um, mind the sort of well, inverted commas, baddies of that episode was quite terrible. Um, that opposed, yeah. It's just like, yeah, here's here's a wee toy for us to release. Um, but yeah, I like so, the way it's adipose and then Sontaha. Sontaha. Um, but like we said, this was another hint at Mr. Saxon, which leads into the third series of Doctor Who, the new Doctor Who, with uh, Martha Jones as Tennant's companion. And um, we see the vote Saxon stuff and all of that, and then it builds up over that series that there's more hints and hints. It's kind of that series is Bad Wolf, in the sense of there's the you know the wee hints are put in, and then it is revealed at the end of the series that the master is in fact Mister Saxon. Oh dear! But um, we won't say much more about that because if you have never watched those two episodes, or actually probably final three episodes of that series because you have to kind of include Utopia in that yeah mm-hmm. then you have to go and watch them because they are just fantastic yeah I've Netflix it's on that because John Sim is absolutely fantastic so he is and uh, everybody just keeps pestering him on Twitter saying please come back um, I think it would be interesting to see a Sims um, master with a Matt Smith doctor. Sounds like you've just made a Sims game there. <laughs> the Sims Doctor Who expansion pack. Never say never. <laughs> but um, I think that would be a really interesting thing to see the Matt Smith style doctor with the John Sims master. Yeah. Because there's two completely different things. Because Matt Smith nowadays is definitely more sort of the kooky and sort of crazy guy. Yeah. Whereas Sims is sort of really, really dark master. Not that the master's ever really been light and bubbly, but no, sort of but his style. Yeah, he's sort it of reminds me of a, a, a human form of the Joker in some respects, especially with that mm. laugh. I suppose that's true. Yeah, but anyway, we're here to talk about the Christmas specials. Um, so, what would you kind of, where would you kind of rate um, Donna Noble's Christmas special, The Runaway Bride? That'd probably be my second favorite. Second favorite. Yeah. I think where I kind of rate it in the grand scheme of things looking at the list I have in front of me see I really do like A Christmas Carol for some odd reason um, that's my third favourite definitely not above Doctor Widow and their wardrobe that's my favourite um, no it isn't <laughs> you actually almost caught me off guard there for a second um, I'd probably say I'd be in around sort of the same area as you sort of second third favourite sort of thing it is a decent episode of Doctor Who Um the third Christmas special then in New Doctor Who was The Voyage of the Damned. And now let me just set the scene for everybody, shall I? I've already heard this story of it going on. Yeah. Um, you know, as Chris mentioned as well, there is sort of a wee mini episode between um, the end of the series where Martha departs and this Christmas special begins. Uh, there is a, what was it, it was Time Crash? Yes, it's called, it's called yeah. with Peter Davison, who it's actually was the on, fifth Doctor. It's actually, and if you buy series four, if you watch Voyage, of the, if you watch, it'll actually be on after you know before Voyage of the Damned. Yeah. So it is. Um, Peter Davison, the fifth Doctor, um, my personal favorite older Doctor, and um, 
there's the whole what what sort of thing and it's the David Tennant's left the shields down the two TARDISes have collapsed in the time vortex and there's going to be a black hole sort of explosion about the size of Belgium if I remember correctly right, yes um, Belgium and then there's the whole explanation of you remember how to do that because I you remember watching me watching you doing that sort of and it's just like yeah. huh? and it's like yes okay it makes sense um, but that's the kind of setup and that's the again the funny thing I was like future father-in-law future son-in-law yeah sort of like, thing you were my doctor because I love your daughter <laughs> but it was basically a case of it was kind of a wee episode where David Chen and Scott kind of live out his childhood fantasy in the sense of he's in Doctor Who alongside his doctor yeah and again future father-in-law it's you couldn't write it really in the fact that right David Tennant is the doctor who is married to a doctor's daughter who is then the child father and grandfather are also the doctor but said doctor is married to the daughter of the doctor that sounds like that really sounds like a Stephen Moffat explanation of a storyline it, it really very, is very very convoluted and very very hard to wrap your head around whenever you could just make it it's so basically it's basically say, it could be so dodgy you could just say David Tennant starred in a episode called The Doctor's Daughter who in turn is the daughter of a doctor which is Peter Davison and they got married and then there's the doctor's daughter in real life because they have that's a kid. so much clearer it is <laughs> It is. It's just complicated. Let us know which version you preferred. <laughs> Hashtag vote Alan. Hashtag vote Chris. <laughs> Be interested to see. You just hashtag vote Chris. Well and boom. <laughs> anyway, after all that happened, uh, Peter Davison says, Doctor, remember to put your shields back up. And then that's where you actually see the button push from Tennant and you hear... And smash. Yeah, what and looks like them, the Titanic. Yeah, you tell them the story then. What looks like Titanic comes through the side of the TARDIS. I get excited thinking, oh, we're going to have a proper Titanic episode. And then the Christmas special comes around and it turns out to be a spaceship. And I was like, oh dear. But um, that aside, um, we see that there is effectively a spaceship replica of the original Titanic that does cruise tours around the solar system and stuff. And um, basically, stuff's about to go down on this ship. Um, let me just pull this back down here. Basically, okay. the Doctor is on board as like a stowaway and meets Kylie Minogue, who's called Astrid. Astrid Pith. Yeah, and um, he says, stowaway, you're not, I am. You know, you can turn me in if you want to. He goes, I'll go and get you a drink. The Doctor then meets two people who have actually won tickets. and they were Morven and Voon van Hoff. Yeah, they were tricked in thinking it was fancy dress, so they were dressed like, you know, cowboys kind of thing. Yeah, but, like, they're all, they're all laughing at us. There's the a doctor, story of Mr. Cooper as well. The Doctor then has, like, a, a sonic screwdriver and hits the bottle mm. of champagne and it goes all over them. Goes, like, was that you? Maybe. Oh, I like you. And then there's and Mr. It. Cooper, the historian tour guide. And then there's, remember, the Zochi... Bafakafalada. Bafakafalada, because then, <laughs> then in the end of time, whenever he meets the other ones, he was Shema! He goes like, there's Vin Vinvachi. Yeah, so like there was a little small red one who um, who was brilliant, but you're not near as good as he is. And then he says, Bafakafalada, or whatever. And he says, like, Can I not call you something He's else? And I'm like, No! Bafakafalada. He's a Zotchi. We're Vinvachi. That's of racist. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like your sort of wee merry trip of guys and Mr. Cooper who's meant to be this 
tour guide for like the cruise company that he takes the people down via teleporter to the planet and he gives them sort of but history his, lessons. His history is completely up the left. Yeah, it's kind of a case of they're going to eat the people of Turkey, the residents of Turkey. They're going to feast on Turkey. Mm-hmm. And then we need to get out of here because tomorrow they all begin boxing because mm-hmm. tomorrow is Boxing Day. Uh, exactly. And this is where we meet Wilfred though he's not technically Wilfred at this moment no. in time we it's random old man selling newspapers in the street yep. while this tour is going on from Mr. Cooper and um, <laughs> it, is, it is you know for the brief period he is there he was really really cool and um, as Chris mentioned we um, get him back eventually because the actor that played Donna's father sadly passes away in the time period from the Runaway Bride special to when Donna actually becomes a full-time companion of the Doctor in Doctor Who. So Wilfred takes the sort of fatherly position in the family and they liked his performance so much from Voyage of the Dam, they're like, oh yeah, we'll get him. Yeah. And he's actually given a name then, so Wilfred Mott. Um, no, what? Mott. No, what? <laughs> no, no, that's, that's dirty. Um, but on the ship, basically, there's like these angel looking robots that are like the hosts information (laughs) and um, we're all going to die yeah and it's a case of the owner of the kind of cruise line yeah he wants to crash the boat so he can get a big insurance claim and stuff like that um this is where we meet Alonso as well yeah he's kind of like the sort of junior guy on the ship but he kind of gets roped into everything when stuff starts to go wrong um, the two Americans sadly get killed as does Bafa Kafalada, but he turns out to be like a wee half robot sort of thing yeah, doesn't he's he? a cyborg yeah. cyborg and then yeah. he kills the host and then he Cause doesn't he do like a wee EMP or something like that he like yeah. shoots him or something and then that's whenever your man takes that and uh, says that you know this, this could be helpful and the doctor goes to try and find the the Max Capricorn to see what's happened because the shields have been put down and when it's up, whenever the doctor's trying to communicate with the bridge the guy just turns them off and uh, whenever Alonso tries to help mm-hmm. uh, tries to help put the shields back on the guy shoots him and then it's basically the ship is careering towards Earth on yeah. a collision course with Buckingham Hello Paris. Doctor! You know, with Thank you Paris. Doctor! <laughs> But uh, this is the episode where we see the kind of really cool, it was in the trailer, scene of just the Doctor walking down the corridor with just explosions in the background yeah. and with a very stern look on his face. It's not after, spoiler alert, Astrid yes. died. Um, she gets in a forklift and... Uh, I'm falling! She guns it towards Capricorn and uh, they go bye-bye effectively. Yeah. Um, again, after the Doctor offering her to join him as a companion in the TARDIS. Yeah, it's just complete bad because luck. he says either something. at this stage he's going through a really bad patch he's been turned down and then the next person he offers it to gets killed because it's whenever he says um, she says like you look rough and he says you should see me in the morning she says okay mm-hmm. and you're like oh right okay she's up she's up for a, a trip basically yeah because um, she's always wanted to fly amongst the stars that's been her dream yeah basically and then isn't it something how does it to get her back? Isn't it like a holographic thing? It's to do with the teleporter because that has the lock on so if something happens they can actually bring them back. Mm-hmm. 
so Tennant tries to do that and it overloads and then it's just kind of like a ghostly figure like a ghost and it goes like, I'm falling and the doctor goes no, over you're flying the doctor goes over and says we have a tradition and then um, kisses her and says no you're not falling you're, you're flying you're free and, and she's like a wee almost like a comet kind of thing flies out the window and then just goes on mm-hmm. but of course the doctor saved the ship like millimetres from it crashing into Buckingham Palace yeah. and as Chris says you know the Queen is waving and saying hello thank to the thank you doctor, doctor. <laughs> Merry um, Christmas <laughs> so of course again the doctor's a wee bit forlorn because again he's invited someone to join him and effectively who he had chosen to be his companion and uh, because he's, because that's whenever Mr. Cooper isn't it yeah he gets like a million quid on his credit card he says <laughs> yeah he says that is that enough for trinkets and he says the doctor should I go with you no I travel alone it's better that way mm-hmm. um, and then he says like um, I can have a house with a garden and he sounds like the Great Britain and Great Germany and goes like no only Britain's great <laughs> and things like that and um, you know this all kind of plays in again towards the run and towards when uh, Tennant eventually is no longer he gets regenerated as the doctor <coughs> sort of all the people that sacrifice themselves for the doctor is played up in the you know kind of remainder of Tennant's uh, term as the doctor and you'll get you get flashbacks eventually and you see the likes of Astrid and all sacrificing herself oh, but you see Alonso again then yeah you see Alonso the, um, as well Jack but this was if I remember rightly fairly What's positively received Jack Harkness Jack Harkness yeah mm-hmm. this was fairly positively received in regards to everything but again there was this, there was the silly thing of people deemed it disrespectful to the original Titanic and stuff like that okay, just, just because a ship happens to look like the Titanic and is called Titanic it's a space ship calm down folks I know it was a travesty. Like we can understand that most we're from Belfast we're where the ship was bloody made for goodness yeah. sake we understand that but you know and my grandfather even worked in the shipyard for goodness sake that built the blooming thing he didn't actually build it he, was, he wasn't alive at that stage <laughs> just wa- washing your hands no no not at- <laughs> no it wasn't his fault it sank almost <laughs> it was fine when it left Belfast but then it got into the hands of an Englishman and he sank it <laughs> that's the that's the what? joke don't be saying that god <laughs> It was I mean, an Englishman who sank it. That's all right. Well, he can deal with that. So, what is it? Um, Alan Price at OperationRetroshock.com or something for all your hate mail then? For English? I apologise wholeheartedly for this racism zone. It's not racism. It's You're banter. picking on the English. It's banter. You're picking on the English. Oh, got a hands of Englishman. And then oh, it, all went, it all went... Anyway, back on subject. Um, where would you rate this in the grand scheme this is my favourite oh really this is my favourite yep um, a lot of people really seem to diss Kylie Minogue and say that she was a really awful companion I didn't think she was awful I thought she was decent enough though. I thought she was good and then obviously whenever Martha had left there was calls for her yeah. to come in as his companion considering Kylie hadn't been acting for how many years considering she left um, wasn't at home and away no neighbours neighbours sorry oh, duh Australian soap operas. Oh, I don't I'm picking them. on the Australians now. I don't like your soaps. Our soaps. <laughs> I don't like British soaps anyway either, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but for someone who hasn't acted for what was it, probably a good twenty odd years, 
she didn't really skip a beat in my opinion but what made it different was that she was in that and then there wasn't a case it's of it's a genuine you know, big name <laughs> but it wasn't a case of you know like in the Christmas Carol whatever Catherine Jenkins was in it but she sang she's awesome though <laughs> well, I'm not saying that she's not but then whenever I was first watching this that's what I thought was going to happen was that you know like you would hear her singing you know like with her being a waitress there may be a time I wasn't, remember they she, didn't go corny and have yes, her sing I know yeah, what you mean yeah um, but I really enjoyed it. I loved um, the guy who played Mr. Cooper, obviously, was Hyacinth's husband in Keeping Up Appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked that. I just I just liked the characters who were in it, and obviously Alonso, he was, um, you would remember him in Ashes to Ashes. He mm-hmm. was the gay fella. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was in Queer as Folk as well. It's actually quite funny. He has played a lot of gay characters. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just a case of I enjoy the characters that are in this um, and that kind of thing I think think it's as well that kind of the wee sort of group that they had the tourist group was just it was all different sort of people because the the couple wasn't it it was an African American and then she was generally overweight wasn't it if I remember right and then you had Bafakafalala who was like this wee tiny red alien creature who actually turned out to be a cyborg yeah. you had Mr. Cooper who was sort of this older gentleman and then, stuff, you, had and then the you had the one. doctor as well but then you had the yeah. other guy who was just filthy rich and yeah. just, he looked out for himself and yeah. that was it exactly so you had just this whole completely different style you'd like you said the guy who was extremely rich and then the couple that were just lucky to be there yeah and then whenever they're trying to escape from the host and they can't get through and go like doctor they're not going to fit they're too big and then she's getting all depressed and he's got you know like her husband is saying don't listen to him we'll be fine and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, but no this is my favourite one I know a lot of people may say you know like oh well what are you doing picking this but this is my favourite one I actually watched this um, just the other day and, just the uh, other day just the other day <laughs> I just thought it was good I really enjoyed it so I did no it is it is a good wee episode of Doctor Who um, I liked it for the idea of sort of again the sort of titanic tie and I liked that idea it was something slightly different because um, I remember eventually reading up that the reason why they couldn't go back and do the proper titanic is because apparently one of the older doctors had actually been on titanic I think it was actually possibly a Tom Baker story that never happened or something but it's in canon or something like that apparently from what I know um, was involved so there could have been the potential sort of crossing yourself so can't yeah. cross one's time streams and Silly things like that tip. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. <coughs> um, so this would be your favourite Christmas special so far then? Yep. Fair enough. It would be sort of mid-table for me in regards to that. Right. Next up is, funnily enough, the next Doctor. And, well, we could have expected this. Oh, right, the next Doctor. Yes. Sorry. I was going to say, what? No, I thought uh, you thought I meant Matt Smith, did yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> um, this episode was built up as a big deal because yep. the rumours had been flying that David Tennant was getting ready to round up his days as the Doctor. And uh, this was this was the start of the special series of Memory <coughs> Service, yeah, wasn't it? Because he'd yeah. already announced it and he said he would do four more and that'll be it. Mm-hmm. And then David Morrissey was on the likes of... You know, the rumour started that he was going to be... Breakfast TV, and they said, like, you know, you, you appear on the Christmas special with the next Doctor. We have to ask, are you the next Doctor? And, and he just teased like, it. And you, just like, you don't well, blame I, him. Well, I can't, I can't say one way or the other. I can't say that I am. You, can't, you can't blame him at all. And so this is how it was built up the whole time period, from the end of the um, previous series with Tennant, 
um, which was the Donna series, which again kind of ends in heartbreak for the Doctor and the fact that he has to wipe Donna's memory. Yeah. Um, so um, we arrive here and uh, <laughs> you think, oh, cool, we're going to see the person who's playing the next Doctor and as you can expect, Russell T. Davis pulls the carpet out from underneath us effectively. <coughs> um but this is what was it? Wasn't it Victorian England? Yeah, because that's hear, time period. As soon as he lands, he goes like, "Oh!" and he says something. Like Sorry, not Victorian England. It would have been it's eighteen fifty one, so it's a wee bit earlier. And but you, still just, sort of, you just hear doctor, and you were like, "Who me?" Is it like <laughs> what or whatever? And then he runs down, and then you see the other doctor and the assistant. Around. Yes, yeah, I can't remember her and, name. And uh, the other. Doctor, who we all at this moment think is the next Doctor. What were your um, initial impressions of him if you were to think that he was going to carry on as the Doctor? He was a completely different Doctor. Yeah. In my opinion, he had a completely different personality. I think he would have been one I would have liked to have seen more of to kind of judge him totally, but I didn't, you know, I didn't hate him. I kind of liked him, sort of mm-hmm. thing, or anything like that. I think he would have been one I just would have liked to have seen a bit more of to see just exactly what he was like. But he did do reasonably well when, at, during this episode, we did probably think he was the Doctor because he had some very, very good mannerisms and all of that. He kind of reminded me of a slightly older series Doctor. Oh, he, he had that sort of voice. reminds me of a Colin Baker. He had that sort of voice. Yeah. Sort of, you know, poshy, sort of dramatic voice. You know, I'm the Doctor. Um, and they're chasing after, isn't it like a, a doggy Cyberman? What are they called? It was like a. It was like yeah, a, it's, it's almost like a. It's almost like a Cyberman's met Spider-Man meets uh, Wolverine. And apparently, kind of. it's called a Cyber Shade. Oh, okay. But um, it's like a dog, basically, that has a Cyberman face on it, and it's like covered in stuff. So it's a weird sort of. You could almost describe it as like a Cyberman liquor because it kind of climbs, <laughs> yeah. up, it kind of climbs up walls yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And uh, so time progresses and. David Tennant's Doctor, the Tenth Doctor, is kind of sitting there, go, kind of thinking this is kind of cool. <laughs> Lacey is good. Um, you know, David Tennant's Doctor is like, this is the next. You know, this is a future version of me, and he's kind of taken a wee bit of glee in it mm-hmm. because this Doctor doesn't seem to remember being him. Yeah, because he would ask him about certain things, like, sure, do you remember whenever you did this? And he's just like. No, 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 that wasn't me. No, it got me confused with somebody else. So Tennant starts to think: Does something happen that causes him to lose his memory and stuff like that? So this is where it kind of progresses throughout the movie that um, we see um, that there is stuff going on in regards to the Cybermen. Uh, you've Miss Hartigan, who's kind of aligned herself with them, because mm-hmm. there's the whole scene where she's in the graveyard, and you know a woman's not meant to be in these times at a funeral and stuff, and the men are giving off, and that's when the Cybermen arrive and start zapping all around them effectively. But as time progresses through this special, um, things start to click into place for Tenon. There's more information starts coming out, and because. Marcy's doctor is explaining that he's investigating the disappearance of a man. Was it like was his name like River Lake or something? I can't remember. River Lake? No, no. it's something stupid, isn't it? Jackson Lake. Yeah, Jackson Lake. I knew there was. I knew there was water in there. 
Oh, well, that's a good tie-in there. Isn't it? Yeah. We have, you know, I Amelia, think that's what made me go to River. Yeah, so I have River Song, yeah. I have Amelia Pond. And you have Jackson Lake. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he's investigating the disappearance of Jackson Lake and his family and all of that sort of stuff. And Tennant and him end up in this house doing some investigating. Was it the fine? It was like a wee, it's like a wee metal thing. What was it? Yeah, it's it's almost like a torch. Yeah, kind of. And then he shines that, you know, and shows like some of the stuff. All that's the happening. it's all the information of him as yeah. the Doctor, and it flashes through all the previous yeah. incarnations of the Doctor. Because the Cybermen don't believe him to be David Tennant to be the Doctor. Yeah, because his scans is just like you're not the Doctor, and then because they assume Morrissey is the Doctor, and yeah. then he does the thing, and it basically shows, oh right, he is the Doctor. And he starts cornering in the corner. He doesn't know what to do. And then it basically is revealed the fact that he is Jackson Lake. David Morrissey's character is Jackson Lake, and that when he was trying to defend himself against the Cybermen he used this sort of torch thing yeah. and it ended up transferring all of this information in regards to from the Cybermen about the Doctor into him or something like that and so he believed he was the Doctor um, and <laughs> we see in this as well that David Morrissey had a TARDIS and all that sort of stuff but it a was a balloon, balloon. Yeah. <laughs> it was a hot air balloon um, I'm going to admit that I was really excited to watch this episode, and whenever I watched it, I was really underwhelmed by it. Yeah, it, it was underwhelming for me. By the way, the TARDIS stands for Tethered Aerial Release Developed in Style. Developed in Style, <laughs> yeah, whatever. But this is where, you know, it was grand sort of up until this point, but then it kind of goes a wee bit awry for me, in the yeah. sense of Miss Hardigan is trying to kind of help the Cyberman and she effectively becomes the cyber king they kind of again kind of stab whoever's helping them in the back yep. and kind of convert her in a sense to be their cyber she king was assimilated yeah and then we find like this giant huge sort of zord version oh, of a cyberman that comes out so bad. in the historic london and this is just where it kind of loses it for the you. The wheels really fall off the truck on this. It really, really, really did. And you're just like, oh, seriously. Because it goes into a really sort of corny story. It goes to the point of, right, okay, we'll have to stop this huge mega Cyberman, but okay, Jackson Lake's also wanting to find his son that he now knows because he's Jackson Lake he has to find and stuff. So he has to go and rescue the kids and all that sort of corny stuff as well. But um, I can't actually even remember. How did they defeat the Cyber King? It's the same kind of thing that he used to get Jackson Lake to not be the doctor. Was it the same he's, sort of he's thing? Up the, oh, um, uh, he's up in the... Oh, he's up in the TARDIS, so to say. Yeah. yeah. And then he uses that, and then it like blows up, and then it falls over. Yeah. And then, basically, he offers him to show him the... Because uh, it was the doctor who did the that. The doctor says, you know, like, I'll give you one chance. I can take you to a rogue planet, blah, blah, blah. And they say no. And go, like, right, well, that's your one and only warning. And then zaps him with that, and then the... The thing falls over, and then that's the end of that. And then he asks if he asks the doctor, Jackson Lake asks the doctor if he wants to stay for Christmas dinner. And of course, there's the mention as well. He asks him about how many companions, you know, mm. the many the many companions he's had, and he says about like in the end they move on and leave him, sort of thing, which is the way it kind of should be. And then that's when they go and have Christmas dinner, effectively. I mean, that's it. It's like yay, yummy Christmas dinner. Yeah, oh, I've got. To say, this would probably be my. It is the most. It is one of the most under 
overwhelming this is probably Doctor the, Who episodes. I was going to say this is probably the worst one. This is probably the worst Tenant one. Yeah, well, remember. it was the worst Tenant one because it's the last Tenant one. This is his last one because it's a special series that comes up and it ends at the final special for him, remember? Yes, no, that's... Obviously, he did, yes, he did that, mm-hmm. but that's his last Christmas. Oh, that's what I'm sorry. So that's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Um, that's his first... Uh, sorry, the first of the specials, but his last Christmas special. No, it's not. It was the second. Planet of the Dead was the first. Planet of the Dead. Was that, it not Easter? Yes. Uh, remember, he did four of them. It went Planet of the Dead, Next Doctor, Water of Mars, End of Time. I what I'm saying is this was before the Mars one. This was the Christmas previous. Anyway, moving on. Um, this was totally rubbish um, not the worst Christmas special that one is still to come believe it or not <laughs> that there could actually be a worse one than this but that started the end for David Tennant he did his uh, specials throughout that following year and then uh, took a pile of radiation for good old Wilfred and then uh, had his goodbyes with everybody uh, you see what's kind of happening with everybody and then uh, he regenerates into Matt Smith so yeah, that's some Blu-ray, don't you? A Christmas Carol, yes. It was yeah. a present from you, yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and this, for me, is up there in regards to the Christmas specials. It is one of my favourites. I think it has as much to do with a certain Michael Gambon than anything, because Michael Gambon is a big highlight of this episode, in my opinion. You see, mine would be Catherine Jackson. Catherine Jenkins. Oh, don't get me wrong, she's... Very nice in the eyes yeah, as well, and she does a very good job because she's not primarily an actress or anything like yeah. that. So you know that is a very good point for her as well. And of course, um, Matt Smith is still sort of coming into his role as the Doctor, so to say. This is after his first uh, proper series as uh, the Doctor, um, and it's very Doctor specific this as well because uh, Rory and Amy aren't really involved in this at all because no. they were on honeymoon up in a spaceship that uh, is in trouble basically above the planet yeah that was the thing why did they even bother showing them <laughs> there was no point to could, you could have just them. left them back on earth you could have just left them alone or just said go you have know, your honeymoon like, you know the way with the, all the New Year series they did like the, the kind of like two minute prequels mm-hmm. could have done that and said like right okay we'll see you on honeymoon I'm going to go and I know whatever. the whole thing was apparently it, that they attempted other honeymoons which had messed up as well so it was just kind of part of the story but, but you don't um, need to put people in if they're, if they're not integral to the, the plot they were kind of technically integral to the plot because he had to talk in the Kazrin to turn it off the thing so the ship could land safely. Whatever. It's okay, dear. But then if the, ship, okay. wasn't, but if the <laughs> ship wasn't there in the first place. I know, I know. But that's just like saying, don't go on honeymoon. You can't have honeymoon. Don't. No, don't. <laughs> but anyway, um, as I was mentioning, uh, Amy Pond and Rory are on, this seems so long ago now, um, are on their honeymoon on this spaceship. It gets caught up um, above this uh, human-inhabited planet and it's basically a case of it's up to the Doctor to rescue them. So he has to go and find um, Kazran, who basically it's like a spire thing that like, controls the weather effectively. And it's... Kind of, it's called a Christmas Carol for a reason, in the fact that the Doctor kind of becomes the ghosts of Christmas, so to say. Yeah. That would have seen Scrooge in the sort of proper 
a Christmas carol. Um, we see the fact that um, there's a family talking to Kazran about, you know, can they see their relation, which is Catherine Jenkins and like her wee freezer cooler for this Christmas because, um, you know, they just they just want to see her and he explained, no, you made a deal, this doesn't happen, stuff like that. And then that's when Matt Smith arrives at, down the chimney, if I remember rightly. He falls down the chimney. Yes, he does. He um, dusts himself off. Yeah, and uh, it's basically a case of he realises that in order to basically get through to Kazran to get him to help him, he's going to have to do something drastic. And that leads to um, the Doctor going back in time and uh, meeting young Kazran and he sees the whole idea of, he sees the videos and all, that Kazran's father was very hard on him mm-hmm. which kind of leads to sort of yeah, Kazran the, being who he is the whole hitting thing yeah, the whole hitting thing. Yeah. and you see the doctor goes back and meets young Kazran and there's the whole sort of, apparently in the sky of this planet there's sharks and there's fish and all that sort of stuff and Kazran is fascinated by this and while the doctor's first seeing him a shark happens to swim into Kazran's room and uh, craziness ensues so to say but um, it leads to um, why why is the reason again that they go to get Catherine Jenkins out? I'm trying to remember what's wrong with you? oh right no 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 it's the Rhoda for, but it's the Christmas week. I thought I was on on Sunday, but I'm not. You're like, oh no! <laughs> right, the joys of Christmas, everybody work. <laughs> I'm off on Boxing Day. Oh my goodness, that's a shocker. Steve, Jevon, Stephen, Matt, Enya, Stuart, and Chris Young. Enya? Yeah. This is a new one I have not known. Yeah. <laughs> that's the girl who sang the songs in the Gladiator movie for information. <laughs> Useless information at that. Um, but um, Kazran has kind of a wee soft spot for Catherine's Jen- Catherine Jenkins' character of Abigail, so him and the Doctor end up going down to the fridge, so to say. <laughs> yes, say, uh, where all the freezing sort of compartments are. Hibernation. Yeah. <laughs> cryo cryo sickness and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I can't see. <laughs> but. Um, you know, families. It's not like a family's trade off. Remember, their family to get money from Kazran. It's like a security deposit or something, something like until that, they yeah. pay the money back. Yeah. But she's actually ended up going there because we eventually find out she has only so many days to live, and yeah. they wanted her life to be meaningful so that she would only be let out on important days and things like that. But what the story progresses is that the doctor is with young Kazran they go they do stuff then she goes back again and then it's every it's not every Christmas Eve the doctor goes back effectively <coughs> yeah, like Merry Christmas and then you see the he grows up yeah and they take a liking to each other so Abigail and Kazran take a liking to one another so this is the doctor's altering history so he's kind of he's getting there with Kazran and he's softening him up and then it all kind of goes for the worse when Kazan realizes, right? Okay, she can't. You know, she can't come out much yeah. more. You know, there's only she only has one day left. Yeah. And once that day's up, that's her. She she will die. And he kind of blames the doctor for this for getting his kind of hopes up. 
so that kind of crashes Kazran back into a sort of Scrooge mode. So effectively, it turns out that in order to stop the craziness of like the weather, they need her to sing. Yeah, and he eventually convinces Kazran, reminding him of all the good times, to let her out to sing and save, you know, the ship. And he reluctantly, you know, lets her and. This then basically what happens is one of the kind of cool moments that wasn't for me corny in the sense of it, the way we were saying shark. It would have been extremely corny <clears throat> well, yes with the shark, but I'm talking about the sort of when we were mentioning Kylie Minogue. Oh, right. If you'd got Kylie Minogue to sing, I would have thought really extremely corny mm-hmm. because she's a pop princess. Whereas Catherine Jenkins is very is much opera diva? sort of the operatic style. Um, and she sings the um, what's it Silence is All You Need sort of track or it's referred to as Abigail's, Abigail's Song, Abigail's song yeah. I have it on my phone it's, you, it's a fantastic song would you like a bit of a play it's okay I'll put a wee bit in at okay. some point um, maybe put it at the end um, and it is a fantastic song Catherine Jenkins has such an amazing amazing voice plus she looks good all into the some set of lungs on her she does indeed Um, yeah and whenever she was on like a popular daytime TV show over here this morning they actually asked her to sing that song at the end because it was highly requested from people you know people actually wrote in and said can you get her to sing Abigail's song from the Doctor Who Christmas special yeah it's kind of cool that it's became a really you know, important song for people for her as well. You know, it's it's still very very popular to this day. But um, she sings and allows the ship to safely um, get out of there and land. And um, her and uh, Kazran effectively spend their last day together. And um, that's where you see the corny, the actual corny moment of the yeah episode where they're in like a sort of sleigh thing getting pulled by the shark but it is it is a very for me it is an all around general one it was one it was fun but for me it was a bit more of a grower because the first time I was a bit like huh you know it took a while I find that f- more with Matt Smith episodes that you have I think it's more down to Stephen Moffat than Matt Smith especially the ones with River Song mm. you have to watch multiple times in order for you to kind of get it yeah, get it and kind of appreciate it. Yeah, you know, it's more for me definitely. It's more Stephen Moffat is the fact that he likes being really overly complicated, complicated, complicated in regards to everything and um, having to make you think. And it's a case of kids won't think twice; they'll just go, "Oh, this is a fun episode." But pass. Whereas we kind of are like we kind of have to think about it, and <clears throat> you're just a wee bit confused sometimes but this definitely to me was more of a grower but I definitely I really did enjoy Michael Gambon's acting he is he is fantastic in this in my opinion Catherine Jenkins did indeed do a very very good job um, as Abigail um, you actually do kind of feel sort of the the pain that Kazran would have in the sense of you know what would you do if the person you loved only had one day left to live sort of thing Yeah, you would kind of be a bit of a scrooge and say no I'm not letting them out I'm not letting them out I'm not letting them die thing. day, day. Um, so where would you rate this in the grand scheme of things I know like you're saying it is a bit sort of complicated in the grand <coughs> scheme of things I'd probably say third third yeah well, that's, actually, that's actually quite good for I'd probably say Moffat. Voyage of the Damned 
uh, Runaway Bride, this Christmas Invasion, mm-hmm. and then um, Next Doctor, and then the Doctor window yeah. and the wardrobe or whatever. It's definitely, called. this would be up towards the top for me. This is pro- this would probably be about I would probably say second in regards to Christmas specials. Um, but then, alas, we have our uh, final Christmas special of today's uh, show, which as Chris has hinted to is his least favourite and it is also my least favourite um, and it was kind of annoying for me in the sense that I it went from me enjoying the likes of A Christmas Carol the previous year quite a bit to the following year being an absolute stinker of an episode and I think kind of what was also the annoying thing about this as well for me not only for it being a disappointing episode but it was also the fact that it was a disappointing episode and he again had ripped off a title of a yeah. book. Yeah. Uh, what's this? This what's is this? The, do- the Doctor. No, the but was this year's one called? Oh, the Snowman just. So there's another like. The, uh, well, it's, you can kind of consider it in the sense of the not, Snowman, but it's yeah, not. But it, it's still a case of you know the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. I mean, really, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is. I mean. Your, <sighs> Come on! I mean, I thought writers were meant to have their own ideas, not you know borrow from other things. And I think that's what. And it's basically, the whole plot is kind of Narnia esque. Yeah. Because the whole the basic story is right. There's these kids. They're with their mum. Their father is a World War Two uh, pilot. Um, it gets set up that it looks like he has got shot down uh-huh. coming back over the channel from a bombing run in you know to hit Germany. And so that's like why the mum has taken them away for Christmas to this big fancy house. They meet Matt Smith, who is pretending to be doesn't isn't he pretend to be like basically like the kind of the repair guy, the sort of yeah something like that, yeah, you know, the maintenance fella for the place. And um, he then sets up this kind of Christmas present um, for the kids, and they discover it and. Um, it is kind of your sort of wardrobe moment in regards to like Narnia because it takes you through and takes you to another world which is fine that's all well and dandy you can go the Narnia route if you really want to but I think you'll agree Chris this is where again it starts to go a wee bit awry when it comes to this Christmas special in regards to in regards to who we um, had been told we're going to be our guest stars and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, because um, Bill Bailey had been built built up as you know one of the sort of guest stars in regards to this, <coughs> and he's you know a rather popular comedian in the UK. And you're like, oh right, we're going to get maybe a few funny moments, and he'll be in this for a while. He was actually in it probably two or three minutes, wasn't like, he? Yeah, it was. It was a point of you were casting somebody by the fact of their name, but you were not using them properly yeah. whatsoever. Because mm-hmm. he even des- did promo shots for him. He all. deserved. He deserved to be in it a lot more than he Definitely. was. That's kind of like you having um, the Simpsons and saying that, uh, saying that Jim Carrey is going to be on the Simpsons and he's in it for like two seconds. Yeah. He says, somebody stop me, and that's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> somebody stop me. That's it. You, you have not... You've built it up, and you've then disappointed a lot of people because you haven't lived up to what you seem to be delivering. Yeah. And basically, the whole craziness of where it even goes further awry for this story is that it turns out like that 
there's like seedlings that become like wood people, effectively. And, I really don't want to talk and about they, this. And they, and they, don't worry, we're going to be through this in no time. This is our Rocky Five. Yeah, it's a case of they end up kidnapping um, the young boy of the family, which is the reason the doctor and all has had to chase after and stuff. And then it turns out that um, it's something to do with the mum as well. It's just like, oh, we need a mother and silly stuff. It really is quite ridiculous. Yeah, and it's like you need and to, then, you and need then to hang order on to that love because yeah. that's what will bring him back. And, and then Rob Brydon. To, to get home, no, it's Alexander Armstrong. Oh, um, You know, she has to focus and get them home through the vortex and stuff like that, and they arrive home. And as a result, that they arrive home, and it turns out as well that the um, plane that he was flying is parked nearby. So he's made it home as a result of her and stuff like that. It really isn't good. It's really not a good episode. I would not, I would not recommend wasting about an hour of your time to watch this episode. No, definitely not. This was one of those moments that you were just like, "Thank goodness the royal family's later on later on tonight, or another show's on tonight." Uh, it's the same this year as well. Yourself. Apparently, uh, Ricky Tomlinson has come out and said that this was one of the funniest episodes of the mm-hmm. Royal Family. The crew were actually in stitches at some of them. Because the, the, good, done the it, thing so. is, for me, for this one as well, is they've been building this one up quite a bit. So it does. They've been saying a lot of work's been going into this one. So I'm looking forward to the Royal Family special this year. Um, but um, <laughs> after at least not so much. <laughs> well, based on seeing General Louise Coleman, I'm kind of excited for this Doctor Who episode. Um, but yeah, as we kind of said, this one's at the bottom of the pile when it comes to Christmas specials of Doctor Who. Um, say a quick word in regards to the one now. The new one, like we said, doesn't have the most dramatic of titles. It's called The Snowman. Um, we had the kind of spanner thrown into the works in the sort of the last m- mini series of Doctor Who, um, when Jenna Louise Coleman made an appearance as Osmond Oswald in the first episode of that mini series, and everybody's a bit like, "What? Wait, what? She's the new companion. Why, why is she there?" And then she turns out to be. Spoiler alert! Put your fingers in your ears if you have not watched this yet. She turns out to, in fact, um, have been a crew member on a ship that crash landed on the Dalek Asylum Island island, planet planet even and has been turned into a full blown Dalek, not just one of their sort of drones that has the stock that pops out their head um, because she was considered very smart and stuff like that um, but this character that she is playing in the Christmas special is called Clara, so apparently is not the same person um, it's going to be a twin or something stupid. Or she's going to just be a you know a bit like Gwen was in Torchwood sort of thing, the way she played a character in the first series of Doctor Who. It was yeah, a discrimination and stuff yeah. like that. We shall see. Um, it could be something more complicated. It probably will be, knowing Stephen Moffat. Um, but I'm kind of... Another thing that kind of has me excited for it is Richard E. Grant. He, he looks pretty cool as the bad guy. But... There's rumours as well that this could possibly be the Yeti tie-in episode. The what? The Yeti tie-in episode. Oh, right, to do with Tritons. Yes, um, but they haven't revealed much because you kind of see in the trailer sort of, you know, somebody getting fed to something, but you don't know what it is. It's a Wampa from Star Wars. (laughs) One arm. Um, But I I am, you know, intrigued as to what this year's episode is going to be like. Intrigued. 
I think I'm just not overly excited because I think after when it comes last to the, year you don't want to get your hopes up yeah that too and the fact that we're just having so many breaks in Doctor Who now yeah. the way we had you know we had a huge break and then we had a wee mini series of like five episodes then we went on another couple of months break and we have the Christmas episode and then we're going to have another number of months break until we get the kind of second part of the mini series and then we're going to have to have another break and then it's going to be the 50th anniversary sort of time for Doctor Who next year so no doubt we'll do some crazy sort of shows in 2013 sort of closer to uh, the you know sort of in the run up and the build up to um, the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who Um, luckily for you all we've kind of done our really over the top Doctor Who specials the three episodes so uh, I doubt it'll be anything in 10 hours in length so you don't have to um, worry yourselves in regards to that so yeah um, Doctor the Widow in the Wardrobe Rubbish! And don't bother watching it. Um, no, just don't. Yeah. So that's that. That's the Christmas special for uh, Operation Retroshock with our Doctor Who Christmas specials. Um, that was rather fun and rambling on. Um, some good episodes, some rather bad episodes. Um, these things happen, but you, you wish you kind of wish the Christmas specials could all be really, really good. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, I know what you mean. Because I actually said End of Time was my favourite one on Positively Nerdy. Mm-hmm. Um, because watching that on Christmas Day and, and just knowing that this would be the penultimate episode that I see him in. Mm. That's why we didn't want to cover it, because we've already talked about it at length. And great done, deal. We've done like a uh, commentary on it, so that's why it was omitted from this. But, yes. Um, so if you want to know why. about that, go back and listen to a previous episode. The commentary was with the very fabulous Dylan Cook. Um, but then we did also do full blown discussions for it as well in previous episodes so go have a listen why don't you don't you I don't know why I went like this now I have no idea at all but um, thank you very much for listening to the 100th item to be uploaded to our iTunes feed episode 54 of Operation Retroshock um Needless to say, um, follow us on the Twitters, which is at Retroshock316. Um, you can follow me at, at Alan GW Price, that's A-L-L-A-N. At Vento316 is me. For the crazy food, my right. Um, you can, oh, very good. You can also send us an email at operationretroshock at hotmail.co.uk if you are that way inclined. Twitter is the more popular medium nowadays. Um, is there anything else we really need to tell anybody apart from wishing them a fantastic Happy New Year? I know you might want to plug TMNT and stuff like that. Um, no, um, just you can go on to whattheshell.podbean.com or whattheshellpodcast.com where it's kind of like a common sin um, webpage that Dylan's mm-hmm. created. Um, and also you can see Alan and I on our YouTube videos, which is capital N, capital I, lowercase connection, then capital letters, WWE, um, where Alan, myself, Swanton Gurley, Haley Stewart, and Mr. Big Red 1990, Chris Hill, um, all sit down and talk wrestling. Um, so yeah, we've done our Christmas one. Um, Haley isn't well, so that's why it's not been uploaded. Um, so hopefully that'll be up before Christmas because um, it's a Christmas centric one and Alan wears a lovely hat I wear a Christmas tree hat and it has bobbles on it yeah it does <laughs> um, we don't know what we're going to do on the next episode as yet so but we're no, going to have a two week break because it's Christmas so we don't know what we're going to be covering so there's no point us saying to you so if you have any suggestions you can email us in or you can mention it on Twitter um, what would you like to see us do in 2013 
Yeah, I know Stevie Robinson asked for a red dwarf. Mm-hmm. So that might be a possibility. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Just depends how nice Stevie is. That's you know that's the depending factor here. Um, but uh, I think all that really leaves to say is for us to wish you all a very merry Christmas and to have a fantastic New Year. And we shall um, speak to you all in 2013. Yes, merry Christmas and happy New Year. And uh, thank you, Doctor. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Have a good New Year. There's a man. He lives on a cloud. And all he does is to stop all the children in the world ever having bad dreams. Tomorrow the snow will fall and so shall mankind. Such a winter as this world has never known is coming. It will build an army of ice. What do we do? Care of who? Doctor who? Oh, dangerous question. What's wrong with dangerous? No, I do the hand-grabbing. That's my job. That's always me. Doctor Who, this Christmas on BBC One and BBC One HD.